0: blog talk radio
1: good morning good morning you guys out there blog talk radio land as usual running around on a saturday morning with a ton of things to do and then in time okay gotta log into my show so i want to thank our guest who i could see was when i got into the studio was already there apologize to her for the late dial-in, but running around a little bit busy this morning But I want to welcome all of you to Off the Shelf here at Blog Talk Radio. And those, again, who either tune in via iTunes or Rainbow Soul. That's where we actually started over there with Neil Blake at Rainbow Soul and then came over to Blog Talk Radio. So welcome to this Saturday, August the 12th, this Saturday morning. I hope that you guys are getting ready for an awesome off the shelf show and a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Don't let anything that happened during the week or anything you're worried about for the coming week rob you of a chance to be happy and at peace this weekend. Just don't do it. Just let it go. And I want to also uh, start the show with this quote from Carol Burnett. I love this quote and it's only I can change my life, no one can do it for me. <laughs> We often want something to swoop down and and just fix it all for us. So again, I want to welcome you to to this off the shelf, and I hope you'll keep that that thought in mind. Only I can change my life. No one can do it for me. The guy who Christopher Gardner, who wrote The Pursuit of Happiness, said the Calvary is not coming. There's nothing coming. You you you're gonna to have to do that work yourself. Of course, we have God to help us. But there's no bewitch, no twitch your nose and click your heels three times, and things just happen. We have to do that inner work. So I want to ask you, as I as I often do at the start of the show, how good of a mystery sleuth are you? Are you one of those people who can figure things out before the movie reveals it? If you go to see a mystery movie. Or maybe it's a movie with just a little bit of mystery tucked in it, and you can figure it out before the writer reveals who done it, what is the cause of the thing if If you love that and you also value relationships, and when I say relationships, I 'm talking like from a three or four prong your re, family relationships, how they impact us, and they really do impact us. Uh, family relationships relationships with your friends, how we shape and change each other and influence each other, and then a romantic relationship, especially when it's one that was meant to be divinely designed. If you value those things and you also like mystery, I think you will really enjoy Love Pour Over Me. Then I encourage you to go get a copy of Love Pour Over Me today, and you can get a copy in ebook or print. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, eBook It, anywhere books are sold. If you don't see Love, Poor, With Me on the shelf, just ask the clerk. I would like to get a copy of Love, Poor, For Me by Denise Turney, and they can order you a special copy. You're not going to be able to enjoy the book if you don't get a copy of it. So, again, I encourage you to get a copy of Love, Poor, With Me, and let me know how you enjoy it and even more if it caused you to change the way you look at life. So, again, I encourage you to get a copy and let me know how it impacted you. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our special off-the-shelf guest this morning is Danielle Scroggins. Now, Danielle is the senior pastor, and she's patient. She was on the line before I got on the line, and I thank her again for that. Danielle is the senior pastor of New Vessels Ministries, North in Shreveport, Louisiana, and she studied theology at Louisiana Baptist University. She has a psychology degree. What a good pairing, (laughs) being a pastor and having a psychology degree. She has a psychology degree from the University of Phoenix, an interdisciplinary degree in psychology, biblical studies from Liberty University, and she is presently working on a master's. She keeps learning, doesn't she? On a master's in religious education from Liberty University, Danielle owns Divinely Sown Publishing, and she is the author of *His Mistress* or *God's Daughter*, *Not Too Far Gone*, *Destiny's Decision*, *Ivanta's Revenge*, and the *Power* series: *Pain*, *Restoration*, *Love*, and *Forgiving*. And Danielle is the wife of Pastor Raynard Scroggins. She's a mother of three. Beautiful babies by birth and two beautiful babies by marriage, and you can check Danielle out online at com. and I'm gonna spell that for you because she's got not an I but a Y in her name, so it's D A N Y E L in Sam C R O G G I N S dot com, and one more time, D A N Y E L L E S C R O G G I N S dot com. You can even click over to her website now, check out her book covers, learn more about her, check out her bio, even as you listen to uh, this off the shelf interview. So we want to welcome, welcome, welcome her. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Danielle.
0: Hi, thank you so very much for having me, Denise.
1: It's a blessing. It's a blessing to have you here with us. I, I I often say this. I learned something. We've been doing this now 13 years, and I learned something from every guest. And it, when I started doing it, it surprised me how every show I walked away learning something. And that's why I always encourage people to tune in to Off the Shelf on a, at 11 o'clock, in the morning, Eastern Standard Time or New York City time, and to tell other people too, because you can walk away with things you didn't intend or think you were going to come and walk away with. So it is an absolute pleasure to have you here with us this morning. Now, Daniel the first you. few questions, the first few questions I'm going to ask you, I ask all our guests, and I started uh-huh. asking our guests this about a year into doing off the shelf, just to give our listeners a little backstory. On the authors before we start launching in and talking about their books. So before we begin to talk about your books and your work specifically, can you tell off the shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was
0: like for you growing up? I got. I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana, and um, it was it was good. You know, when I look back over my childhood, I don't have any regrets. I had a loving mother, Uh, my father. Um, my biological father and my mother divorced before I was born, and my mother met my stepfather when I was about a year and maybe two months and so he's my dad he he's dad all the way he's always been dad and i'm I'm so grateful for him and um so they raised me together, and my grandmother and aunts all kind of tuned in uh, because my aunts were college. They were in college, well, in high school when I was born. So my aunts are kind of like, sort of like my big sisters per se, because I don't have big sisters, but they're like my big sisters. And um, I I, I went to church every Sunday, even when I didn't want to go. Grandmother made us go. And even when mom didn't go, uh, grandmother made sure that the church bus came and picked us up. So it was fairly a good life. <laughs> yes. And there were moments I didn't want to go I the you. But uh she yeah, and Grandma you know was what? playing As, that
1: and and I think all kids go go through that where I don't I don't wanna go and yeah, grandma, that that back then it was more that was almost just a part of normal family life. You went to church. Mm-hmm. You went to church yeah. as a kid, and there was there was no ifs, ands or buts about it. When you were a child, no. uh, what did you dream of becoming? When you were a kid and you were dreaming about what you would do when you became an adult, what 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 was on the
0: radar? I, I was just talking to my daughter the other day. And um, as a kid, I played school teacher. I mean, every time we played, I had to have some paper and a pen, and I had to be the teacher. But when I grew up, I never wanted to be a teacher. I, I, being a teacher, you know, wasn't what I what I envisioned myself doing. And to be honest, Denise, oh God, I I tell the church this all the time. When I was about uh, eleven years old, my uncle was a Playboy connoisseur, you know. And I always said, I'm gonna be a play, I'm gonna be a a Playboy buddy. (laughs) Oh really? Oh my goodness! Yes, from the time I was (laughs) eleven. Until you know <laughs> what even in high school, you know I fancy myself as a playboy bunny, and uh you know it's the joke of my family now that I'm a pastor, <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> and then wow. you know as as you know reading Amelia Bedelia in the in the library when I was like second grade, and i I said, I want to write books and it stuck. It, so I, there were facets of my life where it changed. You know, I wasn't this one track saying I want to be this and not stuck to it, but things changed for me. And um, for sure, I know that God was, was totally in control. He was totally in control. <laughs> wow. You I'm know just, what? So when, never, I, sure I, I that, hear it. You know,
1: I, I see you. <laughs> well, i looking back on that. When, when did you, what do you think you learned? Um, uh, to trust. And sometimes as we get older, this is a question before we start talking about your books, the things you have your characters go through. When did you learn to trust? Because it's not like when God is guiding us, the handwriting on the wall, that doesn't happen to us. We don't get notes put on our desk. Oh, this is what I want you to do today. We don't, you know, it's, it can be some hit or miss, even with prayer. And fasting, you can still be uncertain which step, which way should I go? Especially uh, so mm-hmm. when three, maybe three or four choices look right. So, which way should I go? Mm-hmm. Where did you learn to trust you? When you when you talk about how you could see God was leading you, where did where did you learn to trust that the choices you were making were in
0: God's will? Oh God, I <clears throat> I I married at seventeen. I married at 17, and I moved to Japan. And uh, in the course of being there, I had my third child. And um, you, when, you're, when you're so far away from home and there's no one but you and him and the babies, and then he goes off to sea and you're there by yourself, you learn to kind of build a relationship uh, with God, you. You you either get sucked into the environment, or you stick with what you know. And when I mean sucked into the environment, you know, everyone around me because I I live right next door to a Japanese and my best of friends were Japanese women, you know, who were married to black guys or whatever. But um, they were uh, they were. Into Buddha and and everybody was was doing the Buddha thing and and they were teaching me Buddha is about harmony and and uh, learning harmony and it's about love and different things like that. But I knew Jesus, and so I stuck to what I knew. I stuck to to the God that grandmother had told me about years ago, who was the only God, and and, and she was adamant and devout about. Jesus being the only guy, you know? And and so sticking to what I knew eventually led me to go build a closer relationship with him because I needed him. I was all alone. And there was moments that passed and years that passed, but I was 25 years old and I was in between LAX and Tokyo International. On my way back to Japan, to a husband who I just found out cheated on me. And I said to God on that airplane, if you're really God, and if you're really the God that my grandmother said you are, I need you to save me on this airplane. I need you to save me before my feet hit the ground. Because if you don't save me, I don't know what I'll do. And small, still, quiet voices. Trust me, will you trust me? And when I got off that plane, Denise, I fell on my knees, and and Japanese were crowding around me like, What's going on? What's wrong? You know, and I I, I didn't know Japanese at the time, but you can hear them, you know, trying to make sure that I was okay with the baby in my arm, and I'm on my knees and I'm crying. But I knew when I got off that plane that I was saved. I, I knew that this time he really touched me. And he's really God. And when I got off, I got off going to help my husband instead of hurt my husband. So Mm. it's moments like that in my life, uh, things that transpired like that, that caused me to, to know that he is God. And besides him, there is none other. And then I can put my whole trust in him. I not halfway, but I can trust him all the way and especially with my life.
1: Yes. And you know it's so it's so interesting and that's why it's important to have those experiences. And I've heard people say to me, I would trust, but I've never had an experience like that. So it that mm-hmm. that is important. Once once you have that personal experience uh, it can it can make all the difference, and some people just say they haven't had it, they've never had one. Yeah. So it's very it's very very empowering when you when you hear from the creator. It's very empowering. How old were you when you knew that you okay. wanted to be a writer? You said now your writing thing because you 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 thought you was gonna be a Playboy bunny. Then how old when you knew for certain? You wanted to be a writer, and I have to ask you: your passion for books—where did that come from?
0: Oh, so first I start off. My passion for books came from my mother. My mother read everything. I mean, like the murder magazines, she bought them by the tons. She read all kinds of books, and when. I was second grade when I when I felt like, okay, Amelia Bedelia, I want to do this. I want to write like this. And then as a teenager, reading all of her books, I read Danielle Steele. My mother bought every Danielle Steele book there was. Okay, so she's Danielle wow. Steele, and I'm Danielle. So I said, one day my name is going to be on a book like hers. My name is going to be on the book. And to show you how things happen, you know, I'm Danielle, but I'm not Danielle is at the time. My last name was Quaker. I'm Danielle Quaker. And, you know, just, just, Seeing that and 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 knowing she's Danielle, Danielle, my name's gonna be on the book, and I'm determined that my name's gonna be on the book. It it sparked something in me. So teenage years that this is what I'm gonna do, and I I would write poetry. And even when I was overseas, I. I Developed this big bag With um, And it was a big blue bag And everything poetry in it And I'm, all kinds of poetry And all kinds of writings Well it wasn't until I was Divorced Living at, at In the home Me and my children And the, the very night I met my second husband We've been married now 18 years But the very night I met him I met him at church early on the Sunday at a second service. And then I went to a third service. He followed me to the third service. And then he said, after the third service, I came to take you all to get something to eat because I know you're tired and you haven't eaten anything. And I'm like, no, I haven't eaten, but I did get the kids something to eat. And long story short, driving all the way around town to my mama's house. My mom I'm like, girl, that's your husband. And I told my mom, well, I'm going to take him to the house and I'm going to feed him because I know he haven't eaten all day. But Call me at 12 o'clock in case something happen. If he did something to me, you know, 12 o'clock, my mom said, girl, that's your husband. So I take him to the house. We eat. We sit. I, I cook for him, put the kids to bed, cook for him. And we sit and chat, chat, chat all through the night. And I said to him, you know, I wrote poetry and this and this and this. And he says, when you become my wife, I'm going to work. I'm going to take care of us. And you're going to write. And as long as you write, you'll never have to get a job. This is the first night wow. I met, <laughs> and
1: okay.
0: Denise. It, it almost like it it sparked a flame. It put that fire back in my belly, that that was already there, but that I just let die because I could see no way. I have three kids. I'm working as a beautician. I don't have time to hardly do what I'm doing. You know, to to take care of hair and home. Nevertheless, sit down and really write. You know, but when he said that. It it just, time opened <laughs> because I immediately began to pen my first book, which is entitled Not Until You're Ready. We married six months from the day we met. We met September 17th. We married March 17th. Okay. Now, when did you <laughs> enter, uh, uh,
1: last question before we start talking about your first book, when did you enter? <laughs> The ministry And how has serving as a pastor Influenced your writing You never think At least for me When I think of pastor My oldest brother's a pastor When I think of pastor I don't think of somebody writing books uh, or, mm-hmm. Unless they're religious books And even then I don't really think of that and Especially not a, like a novel But when did you enter the ministry And how has serving as a pastor Influenced your writing And vice versa
0: at the age of 27 i confessed my calling to the ministry not in front of the church but to god i knew that that i'm supposed to preach the gospel and I had spent. I, I. This is so ironic. I just finished coining a a a little anthology. I'm a part of an anthology. that talks about the story of your life and and getting bits and pieces of your life. But I was um I was God was pulling me into the ministry. But I had a pastor who stood up every Sunday and said, God has not called women to preach. And I was teaching Sunday school, but. Every Sunday, they would have me to say something about the Sunday school lesson, and the church would clap, and everybody, you know, would just, you know, oh, God, praise God. And, but he reminded me every Sunday, it, 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 the, the louder the crowd clapped, and the more the people got into it, he might have said it two times on a Sunday. God has not called a woman to preach. God has not called a woman to preach. And um, from there, my aunt asked me to, to be over the junior mission and then the senior mission. And God was study elevating me in the church, but he was steady saying God hasn't called a woman to preach. Well, I ended up in jail uh, four days, and I went to jail four days with a ex-boyfriend who was taking me to pick up things with the kids and trying to see if, We would get back together. And the four days in jail was eye-opening because for four days, I preached the gospel. For four days, I started a choir. For four days, I did everything in that jail cell with those women there that he kept saying I couldn't do and that I wasn't supposed to do. And on the very last day, God asked me, if I if I need you to stay, will you stay? And I said, yes, Lord, I'll stay. And 15 minutes later, there was a pastor from Texas who came to bail me out of jail because he said the Lord told him to come and get me. He saw my name mm. in the newspaper. Beneath. And this man came and <laughs> bailed me out of jail. And he explained to me that he didn't have the money, but God told him to go to the, The funeral home owner who owned the funeral home and buried his mom to get the money, he would be waiting on him. And so he calls the man, and the man said, God told me you were coming, come and pick up the money. And this man needed $820 to bail me out of jail. He borrowed the $820 to bail me out of jail and brought me all the way from Texas to Shreveport. Oh, my God. Uh, and on the ride, God <laughs> said to me, now will you preach the gospel? And I said, God, if you send me, I'll go. And at that moment, I knew I was a pastor. I knew I was a preacher. And I was going to do this gospel thing, regardless to who said I couldn't, because God told me that who I was, and I was going to go with that. Well, when I first wrote the first book, Not Until You're Ready?, it was a Christian book, not fiction, telling women about that God will send them a man because they were having the same struggle I was. They're, that's why I ended up in jail behind an old man thinking, okay, God, this is maybe the man for me. And then God turned right around the following September and sent me his man. And and it was some things that I had to do in my life. I had to get it together. I had to stop putting my, my myself out there trying to find a man and sit back and let God just send me one. And I wrote that book so other women will know God's just waiting on you. You waiting on him, this man, but God is waiting on you. And when you give God you everything you need, God's going to give it to you. And if it's a man, that included. God's going to give you everything that you that you need for the journey. And so the next book, His Mistress or God's Daughter, I began to write it. And in the course of the book, I just felt this fiction story. And I began to Break. And it was almost like I'm writing a Christian book, but then let me put it in terms where readers were, where the readers I was around, the women I was around, they were reading fiction books. So let me put this in the terms of fiction books where you can understand it. So then after I wrote it, I was so excited, and I, I have a real close friend who's become a sister. Her name is Dana Pittman, and I was like, Dana, I wrote a fiction book, you know, and she was like, yeah, and it, it's just like, it's you, you know. <laughs> she, she, it takes Dana to tell you, you know, I'm all things country. <laughs> I'm all things me, you know. You, you, you either love me or you hate me because it just is what it is, you know. So she say, and it's you and I'm like, I could do this. She said, Yeah, you can do this. She says, I don't know too many publishers that are gonna pick you up because you're so wrong. <laughs> and she said, But hey, you know, you can do it and you can do it your way. And so then I realized, Denise, I was a pastor first, but I was a pastor with books in my belly. So then came the okay. then came, okay, I wanna do fiction, but I wanna do it so it won't bother me like it did see when i was when I was reading you know the Brenda Jackson novels, and I was single girl, my body would react. I don't know about anybody else, but that would be truthful, you know. I was a single woman, mm-hmm. and I'm saying, okay, I'm trying to do this thing right. I'm trying to live right. But you get to them hot, steamy, sexy scenes, and <laughs> you know, my madam was off the chart, you know. And, and then that old Danielle was like, ooh, who can I call? Who can I call tonight? You, you, you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm trying to live safe, but I'm combating against what I'm reading. I love to read. I love romance, but my body was saying, you can't do it. You can't do it because every time you do it, you're going to betray what you told God you wasn't going to do, and that was half sex outside of marriage. So then I decided, Okay. okay, I need to write books where women could still get the romance feel, and they could still get the love zone, but they don't have to be, their bodies won't have to react. They won't have to go okay. and sit in a, a cold shower to calm down <laughs> because they flesh excited. You know, we got to right. be real with ourselves, Denise, you know, we got to know what, what, what's going to mess us up. And, and somebody might That's not right. admit it, but I'm the one to admit it. That you know, some of those books had me to the point to where I want to go and find a little toy. You 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 understand what I'm saying? And right. then really going against okay. everything that I'm trying to tell God that I want to do. So at the end of the day, it, the books became they were birthed out of trying to prevent what I was going through. Ah. That birthed a, a fiction move. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Can you give our off the shelf listeners a brief overview or synopsis of his mistress or God's daughter? Just a brief overview of the book.
0: His mistress or god's daughter take the take the reader back into my life as a single woman who was um, who went through relationships with someone else's husband. Uh, he was there, and I, I got all the excuses. I'm not having a good marriage. I'm we are separated, and blah blah, blah this, and blah, blah blah that. And the money was good, and I fell for it, and uh, got caught up in this relationship that lasted two two years with a man that was not my own, and so the. Every time I would go to where he lived, someone would break into my home. And i call back. He'd spend the money. I'd buy new stuff for the house. And then i turn around and I'd go right back. Somebody would break into my house again. And the last time, the Lord said to me, he says, the next time, it won't be so good. And I'm like, God, why don't you keep doing do this and blah, blah, blah. And then God says, the same way you're stealing from her and you're stealing mm. from that relationship, I've caused and I've allowed someone to steal from you.
1: Wow.
0: And, oh, Denise, it, it was like, okay. You know, we could say we saved. You know, we, we go to church. We're trying to live this thing right. And then we pick up this. You know, I know I'm a sin. You know, we all sin. It's all short of the glory of God. So so it's all right. You know, I'm going to do something. So why not let it be the sin of my choice? So I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. But I also believe that right now I need this man's help to make sure that my family is taken care of, my kids are taken care of, so it's going to be all right. But God was showing me, no, it's not. It's not going to be all right. And it's not okay for us to willfully say or, 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 or brag about being saved but then take on the relationship of sleeping with someone else's husband or take on the stance that I'm going to sin and okay. And that's why Paul say, how much longer shall grace abound? You know, so in other words, I was abusing the grace that God had given me, and I knew I was mm. abusing it. So then while I'm abusing grace... God stops and he taps me and he says, if you keep on the next time, and you know, God don't have to, I'm one of those type of person. If God tell me, okay, you know, like mama used to say, do it again, do it one more time. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of them ones. I push God to that point now. Cause I'm never going to just, it's almost like Danielle, do you just always do, do what he says at first hand? Sometimes I don't. And sometimes he has to remind me, I'm God, you're not God, then I'm God. Okay, one more time, then. And just like <laughs> to throw me in jail just so I could preach, you know. And so here it is, you know, I'm at this house and I said, okay, no more, I'm not going back. And that was the last time I saw the man, never went back again. And I began to write the book, His Mistress, a God's Daughter. I began to write pieces. Oh. In. Do are, you
1: all popularity.
0: your work. Ah. Yeah. So so, that's so, the, I love it.
1: so the book is is loosely based on your real life experiences or is, is it the the are the characters in the book very distant from what you experienced and you're just dealing with uh somebody having a relationship? With, with someone I'm not married to Or is it really close to what you
0: went through Yeah Every, The first two books I put out Not Until You're Ready His Mrs. a God's Daughter If you want to know anything about me It's in those books oh. Because ah. those books okay. Were Those two books were Truly um, God moving me now into the sphere Of who I am today and, you know, we have to confess our thoughts because he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So those two books are my confessions so that God could forgive uh, me and cleanse me. Okay. And you can, look, can Y'all you wanna... look at the book. Uh-huh. When you look at those two books and you read those two books, they they have wild moments. But God told me then, and I would say, why I got to tell all my business, you know? And and God told me, you revealed so that others can be healed. Mm. My life was healed. Everything that was, was going on with me exposed so that somebody else can read it and be healed.
1: Now, after, I have to ask you before we talk about Destiny's Decision, there have been so many studies I've heard uh, on the times I catch to Dr. Phil show, he'll say this to his guests, there have been so many studies that when people who are having an affair get together and get married, those relationships have such a low chance of working. So you're, 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 the attraction is so strong that some people feel like they cannot resist it some of the attraction, of course, is the sub- subconscious. It might be the way somebody deals with stress. They ha- have a big stressful event. They go have an affair. Then when the stress goes down, they, they end the relationship. But for whatever reason, it, the, the emotions can be so strong that people feel like they're they they they're meant to be with this person. But when the, the the stats, the facts show that these relationships almost always Fail, almost always fail. Why do you think so many men and women still choose this path when they when they're looking for a, a, a romantic relationship? No one is going. It's not going to work.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but, but sin is sin. We, we, there's a lot of things that we know happen when we do certain things, but we do it anyway. When I think about relationship-wise and I think about th- this particular man, I think about I could go back to and I could say, okay, his wife was holy, you know, and, and she was in the church, and he was in the church, and I was in the church, that I was doing things his wife wasn't doing, and that's why in that book I put, I put a, a, a section in there for the wife, and I put in there, no man wants to come home, and you complain complaining, from the time he walk in the door to the time he goes to bed. No man wants to come home and you in rollers because every time he came to my house, I was cute and I was waiting on him and I was happy about his arrival. And sometimes when we get into Christianity and we get into Christian zones, we forget that this is a man and that this is a woman. And we come home to our husbands as if this is the babysitter, this is the provider. We forget about this is my man, and so when we look when we when we look at marriages like that, there are so many reasons why somebody can and will step outside of their marriage. But then there are so many reasons why we shouldn't, as single women, be the tool of the t- the token that he goes to. There are so many reasons why, as a single woman, I should wait on God for my own mate. There are so many reasons why, as a single woman, I ought to just say no, not just because those types of relationships fail. No, that's not my driving factor. But I found out it's because that I love God. And that's why I won't get myself involved in those types of relationships. Because, Denise, I found out something in my years of living. I don't sin because I don't like the sin. Matter of fact, I, I absolutely enjoyed the sin that I was in. I loved it. But I find that I don't sin now because I love God more. See, you have to love God more than you love the sin that you're drawn to. Oh, my God, because when you love God more, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. When you love God more, oh, my God, that's when. So I tell people, stop trying to stop sin, but start trying to love God. Uh And the more you love God, the less likely you are to be drawn to that sin. In the course of me being with, with Mr., Mister, with, with Mr. I call him Mr. because I've never, ever disclosed who he was to anyone. What, and I've always called him Mr. Even to my friends, he was Mr. When, I, when, when they broke into my house, at that moment when God said what he said, I knew God meant business. Mm. I then began to develop what I was lacking, what I was missing. I was lonely. I was feeling like I was lonely. The things I was missing, I started to try to fulfill it with God. I started going to church early, staying late. I started visiting other people's churches. I would go online and see what's going on, who's having something during the week, whose Bible study is on Tuesday, whose Bible study is on Wednesday, who's having Bible study on Thursday, who's having revival this week. And I just started going to church to keep me from being idle because an idle mind is the devil's workshop. As long as I was sitting at home, I was feeling like, Lord, I wish I had a husband. I wish I could go to the movies with somebody. Never thought once to go to the movie with me. Are, are, we, not, are we not good enough to be our own company? But sometimes, some of us, we don't even want to be around our own selves. So then I began to say, okay, I got to get, I got to do more. I got to get more in God. I got to go, I got to go to church more. And the more I begin to go and the more I begin to read my Word, the more I begin to love God. And then I made a conscious decision. God, I'm not going to sleep with any other man until you send me my husband. I did all I did enough sleeping around to last me for a lifetime. Come on, if we really be real with it, you know, we say, Oh, all sex is not the same and all that Yes. And sometimes as a woman, I would get up having gotten nothing. So then when mm-hmm. I look back and I see how fruitless it was. You understand? See it only it takes another woman to understand that, you know. I realized how fruitless it was, how meaningless it was. And then another thing, I realized how I would get in the bathtub and try to scrub it off.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Trying to scrub off, you know, the indignation and scrub off the, 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 the guilt and the shame. Scrub it off. I got tired. And you got to get sick and tired sometimes. Yes,
1: yeah. In order to and you, change. So yes. Now, you, so your characters. So let's in Destiny's decision. Uh, it's talking about uh, uh, this, but what inspired you before we start talking about Destiny's grandmother, who seems like a very a very powerful woman and, and, and in your stories, not only you're writing them, but because you experience them uh, i'm sure your characters you can write them with conviction so that the reader can connect with the character easily because that's important in a in a novel. the reader has to connect with and care about the characters so before we talk about the grandmother she just, she struck me as a very powerful, influential, and maybe even a controlling person in Destiny's Decision. And for our off-the-shelf listeners, this is another book that uh, Danielle has written, Destiny's Decision. But before we talk about the grandmother, I'm very curious about her. What inspired you to write Destiny's Decision?
0: My grandmother. (laughs) My grandmother passed away. Okay. When she passed away, Destiny's decision was was my, mm, it was it was healing for me. It was healing for me to write exactly what I, I felt in a spiritual realm had happened. I felt like my grandmother had went to heaven and told God, okay, she read it now. And, uh, and then that's when God sent Renard, my husband. And if you look at that story, Grandmother died, and the very man she had already pretty much met Destiny's husband before she passed away. And she had already set in motion what would happen in her life, and that's exactly what happened. And it was as if the grandmother was orchestrating Destiny's life from the grave. Same thing like my grandmother. It was as if. And right before my grandmother died, to be exact, the week before my grandmother died, my grandmother looked at me, and she and I was talking about this suit she had just purchased. And she was like, oh, you see my suit? And I was like, oh, that's bad. And I was like, I'm going to get it like you one day. I'll be able to afford a suit like this. And she was like, yeah, but she says, you got to get it right with God. She said, well, you get everything right with God, he's going to take care of you. And then she says, I did everything my grandmother did in the church. She says, and I actually did more. She says, I the, the the one thing that I was able to do that my grandmother wasn't, she said, was I was able to teach as long as I did. She said, my grandmother taught Sunday school, but she didn't teach it as long as I did. She says, I want you to do so much more. And I said, well, Mama, you did do everything in the church. She says, there's nothing else for me to do in the church. Denise. When I go back over the conversation, even now, my grandmother has been deceased now for 20, 20 years. Oh, okay. Wow. When I go back over the conversation, Denise, and I look back, I said, she was telling me she was finna go. Because any time you've done all you can do for the church, what else could you do on her? Your purpose has been fulfilled. And so when I go back in my mind, you know, and I think of the woman she was, I wrote the book with her in mind. I wrote the book to help me get over the fact that her work was finished on earth and her biggest project was me. And everybody, when my grandmother passed, everybody got what they wanted. And and I was her first granddaughter. I was her first granddaughter, and I was the first daughter of her daughter, and those dynamics makes for difference because, you know, when when you're kind of the in-law, you kind of, your children tend to go to your mom's house, and so my cousin Roderick was the oldest, and then his sister Rose, who was. Stepdaughter, she was, you know, the, technically the first granddaughter, but they went more to their mother's family per se, or with their mother. Whereas my mother had me moved in with my grandmother, so I'm like the first. I'm I'm her first granddaughter. So when you look at the dynamics and and how she sheltered me and how she drug me to church and 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 the different things she had me to do like come to her house and she'd be reading for the Sunday school, and she would say to me, Danielle, read this. Tell me what you see, God, what, what God is saying. And I would read it, and I would just blab off what I think the Sunday school is about. she said, uh-uh, 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 go back. Sit over there and listen. Here, I need you to hear from God. I need you to take your time and, and, and see what God is saying. And then I'll, I'll go and i sit down and I'll read the scripture again, and I'll come back. And I'll be like, Grandmother, I believe this is what God is saying. She was training me. She was training me how to hear God. So when I look back, all of Destiny's decision is you just basically see a clear picture of who my grandmother was, the type of woman she was, Uh, and and she wasn't controlling, but she was God-fearing. Okay. I tell you, God-fearing.
1: And and for our off-the-shelf listeners, no, go ahead.
0: When I tell you that... If God said that it, it was so, nothing else matter is what God said. And and I can remember when I first came to her and I said, Grandmother, God called me to preach. And she says, It is so. I said, But everybody keeps saying that women aren't called to preach. She says, It is so. She says that nobody matter except for God. And she said something that I, I keep today. She says, I would rather get to heaven and find out that God didn't want me to do it than to get there and realize God wanted me to do it and I never did it.
1: So so Destiny, her grandmother, and, and I, I can see your, your stories come from your powerful personal experiences. Destiny in, in the novel, again, for our listeners, her grandmother is the former first lady of Faith Cathedral Baptist Church. And uh, they, they, the, da- the grandmother and the granddaughter, I can tell, had a very close relationship. Can you tell us why did Destiny's grandmother, why did she make her select a certain pastor for the church
0: in the novel? And she made the select because she knew. She knew that destiny was single destiny if you could if you read the book you realize destiny really marriage wasn 't even on her mind. she could' have cared less about being married. I was different i I just gotten divorced i I got married at seventeen i I wanted to be married, you know, but destiny didn't and so but destiny was leading her to a husband, and when her grandmother found Roderick. Uh, she was searching for a pastor for the church because she knew that she was getting ready to leave and the church needed a pastor. And when she ran across this young man, everything was, everything in him, the God that was in him was exactly what she wanted for destiny. And so when she Put it in motion. She didn't put it in motion and say, "Okay, I want them to meet. I want them to get married." But she did it based upon that she knew what God was doing and that she was following God's divine order in sitting him in the place. And Destiny had no idea who the pastor was going to be and walked in the building. And the first interaction is that she see she she noticed this guy watching her. And from that moment, there was a connection. She didn't understand it. He didn't understand it, but it was there. And and I did that to kind of show people that the Bible says the man that finds a wife finds a good thing. And some, so often women, we get caught up looking for what God has already destined. And when God puts it in his heart. When a man wants a woman, he's not gonna stop. If you've ever known a man who saw a woman and said, "That's my wife," he does not stop until he gets her. When I met my husband, my my husband Renard, he says, "I was not looking for a wife, but I automatically recognized that you were wife material and you were the wife that God had for me." <laughs>
1: Do 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 Roderick and Destiny, do they have a past, or, or it seems like they don't? Because sometimes you can meet somebody and forget that you knew them before. He, this is the very first time they've ever met when he walks into the church.
0: Very first time. Very first time okay. they've ever met. She didn't know anything okay. about him. Mm-hmm.
1: Do, do Stephanie and Sheila, do they get along with Roderick? Just to introduce our listeners to some of the other characters. Do they get along with Roger? Oh, do they? They, uh, they kind of like try to put. are they like a little troublesome. Well,
0: they they actually get along with Roger because the fact of the matter is is Roger is a man of God. Most men of God, Denise, you see their heart. You know their heart. You know when a man of God has the heart of God, and and. You can walk in a church and you can feel when the leader of the house has God's heart. Or you could feel when you walked into a house of seduction. You, Oh, my God. I said something right there, and I want to reiterate on that, because when we're talking about God's mistress, his mistress, or God's daughter, a lot of pastors don't understand that when, when, they're, control, when they're controlled by lust, And they wonder why all these single women are running to their churches and why all these young women are there and why they can go through the church and and hit the pick of the litter and sleep with whomever they want to sleep. Because the spirit of lust is so on them, and everybody in the church knows that the spirit of lust is there, and that's why lustful people run to those types of churches. So some of these churches aren't filled because of the fact that, oh, he's preaching such a good message. Some of them are filled because they're lustful spirits because spirits know one another. Spirits attract one another. So now, back to Destiny's decision. He is a pastor with God's heart. And so they know his heart because he's not running around there. He's a single man, but he's not running around there looking at all the women, trying to find out who he's going to lay with, trying to find out who he's going to be with. He's preaching the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. And he knows for a fact that if he's going to marry, it's going to be destiny and no one else.
1: Okay. Okay. So, so, so she. Okay, they're just their their characters in the book. Are they uh, Destiny's friends, Stephanie and Sheila? They're her,
0: yeah, they're her. They're her best friends. They grew up in the church okay. together. Okay. Okay. And she had a okay. sister. So, so they're they're, they're they're they are the three get along girls, and they <laughs> have grown up in the same church together. You know. Like, I, I still have friends who I grew up in church with right now. You know, we call each other. We know without a shadow of a doubt. If they need me, I'm there. They know if I need okay. them, they're going to be there. And those are church girls. Okay. You know, two, two church girls, we hang in this thing together. And even when we find right. church, as we get older, when you find another church girl, <laughs> it's something about that connection. Yes, yeah. sisters. You know, it's undeniably that, that God did something, you know, that, that's beyond biological families with the Christian family. He put us together mm-hmm. and we're, we're sisters. We're, we're going to go to bat for one another. And that's how those girls are. They, they are the, the, the fiction proof that when God's, Girl, when God's daughters, when we get together, when we love one another, we truly love one another.
1: Okay, and that's a blessing. That's a blessing. So Stephanie, Sheila, and Destiny, and we've we've got only five minutes left, but I want to talk about um, Not Too Far Gone very quickly. What type of jam, Danielle, has Yolanda gotten herself into and the book Not Too Far Gone? (laughs)
0: <laughs> a mess, you know, with someone's husband, but you know this this book not too far gone is so crazy because when when I based that book up on, that that book is really my my friend jacqueline she she just had a birthday yesterday, and when I wrote that book, I wrote that book with her in my mind, you know she's a school teacher. And uh, this this friend, you know, they they work together, but they're two different types of women. And she, the husband knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing, but it was his way of getting back at his wife, and it cost okay. him his life because you so know the revenge can cost us our life. We don't understand it, you know. That's why God tells us vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But we can get caught up in some situations, and we think we're paying somebody back, and the end result is we're hurting ourselves. We're hurting ourselves Mm. a a heck of a lot more than we're hurting the person we're trying to get at.
1: No, that is so true. So that's why you leave that revenge and judgment alone.
0: <laughs> leave, leave
1: that alone. And it'll it'll take your peace and your joy too. It'll rob you so much. It's just not worth it. So it's like just leave it in God's hands and leave it and leave it
0: alone. Yes, 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 yes. And it's the same as unforgiveness. You know, mm-hmm. we, we would destroy ourselves. You know, yes. trying to trying to harbor this stuff when when we could just. Let it go and live. Live our best lives, you know, free from feeling like I need to get you back. You know, Look, but, but we can only do it when we search for the purpose in everything that has happened. And when we understand Romans 8 and 28, all things work together for good. Yes. For the good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose, it's going to work out. I don't care who leaves you, who comes, what they do, what, it all—it always has a purpose, whether it's to build you up and make you stronger, whether it's to build your faith, whether it's to, like you asked me at the beginning, how did I begin to start to trust God? Some of these things are, are simply meant to make us trust God more.
1: Mm, so, yeah, so to our listeners, you have to not give up and, and do things your own way, and it's not that it's easy. You know, I love when I hear somebody who really knows the Lord say, "I'm not. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that it's going to be easy. It's, yeah. you can pray about it, and it still might be a struggle. But you still, you in the end, it, you will come out uh, victorious right. you if you do it God's way."
0: way. Yes, yes. Be intentional about it. You know, it hurt me what you did to me, and and I'm 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 trying to forget this thing. I'm I'm trying to let this thing go. And every day I'm gonna let a piece of it go. And it's hard, but I'm gonna let a piece of that go. You know, I, I'm. I might can't look at you the same right now or today or even tomorrow or next week. I can't see the same, but eventually I'm going to be able to let this thing go. And I'm going to be able to know that you made a mistake. And then I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at my own mistakes I made. And see, that's what helps me, Denise. What helps me with forgiving people is I go back and look at what I've done. I go back and look at when I made mistakes. I go back and I look at when I failed. You know, my mama tell me, if you're ever going to be a friend to somebody, you got to learn how to keep a secret. And I look at the very times, so I, I know what my mama said. I heard what my mama said, but I had loose lips and told somebody else's business. You, you understand? Yes. You go back and you look I at mean, yourself. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and it will help you to forgive them somebody them fast. Them. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. It will help we, you forgive quick. I,
1: yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we have come to the end of the hour this quickly. I have so many other questions I wanted to ask, Daniel, but, but before we close, please tell us where listeners can get copies of your books.
0: Oh, you can always. If you want an autographed copy, go on my website at www.daniellescroggins.com, dot scom or Amazon. You want Kindle copies? Amazon is always there. Or um, well, you can order from there. I just realized a couple of weeks ago you can even go to Walmart. dot com for some of my books. So okay, uh, guess, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a nice
1: surprise up to, on to, to learn that. That's a that's a blessing. Okay, yeah,
0: so is it yeah. all your books
1: in ebook and print format?
0: Yeah, all of my books are Before in eBook we... and print now, I don't think that you can get Not Until You Ready anymore. I took it off um, basically because I was getting ready to revise it and bring it under my publishing company. So Not Until okay. You Ready will not be ready until the end of this year. But everything else is there. Uh, you can get it in ebook book form, and uh, you can go on my website again, and, it, and I'll send it to you autographed and uh personal lives if that's what you want. But and then they can always email me too. You know, I'm okay. I'm one of those women where I like to bless people and somebody is out there and they really need a copy of the book and they really can't afford it. Um, just uh, shoot me an email at info at And I don't want 30,000, 40,000 people to, to, to send me this, but I'm talking about somebody who's going through being a mistress <laughs> right now. You know, somebody who really, because I'm not just I'm not right. just going to send it, but I am going to pray about it. And uh, whomever right. God you, needs me to send that book to, I'm going to send it to you and pray that it be a blessing to you.
1: Okay. We we have been blessed to have you here with us. Our special guest on off the shelf this morning, uh, Pastor Danielle Scrogan's and so we she she blessed us this morning. If you came in on the show halfway or in the middle or or, or maybe you're gonna listen to it later. As soon as it finishes streaming and it's in the archives, you can go back and listen to this uh interview as often as you like and even share it with other people. Something that uh Pastor Scrogan shared might might resonate with somebody and for a and for a reason i mean i don't know so um i would encourage you to listen to it and again if something in it convicts you then i wouldn't fight that in the end it would it would be a blessing to you her website again is daniel scrogans dot com d a n y e l l e s c r o g g i n s dot com please go out and get copies of her books and and support Pastor Daniel Scrogan. Some of her books are His Mistress or God's Daughter. Not too far gone. Destiny's Decision. Ivanta's Revenge and the Power Series, Pain, Restoration, Love and Forgiving. We didn't get to all of her books. The hour went by very quickly, but again, you can go back and listen to it in the archives as often as you like. And you can keep up with Pastor Daniel Scrogan's and what she's what she's doing, her upcoming book events by visiting her website. As I always tell you, you are amazing. You are incredible. You're an awesome. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time. Tell book lovers everywhere to tune in to Off the Shelf Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. Daniel, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will thank be you, sh- sending Danielle. you an email after the show streams. Bye for now
0: bye